0: We read in Isaiah chapter 55 and from verse 6. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found, call ye upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts, and let him return unto the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him, and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. I want to bring my thoughts from the passage that we read from Luke's uh, gospel on uh, the triumphal entry into Jerusalem and the events around leading up to Calvary. But my thoughts, says the Lord, are not your thoughts and neither are my ways than your ways. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts I'm not sure if you've ever been asked the question you maybe haven't but I was asked a question something of this vein last Saturday how would you say or how do you think that you glorify God in what you do That was speaking to me as a farmer. How do you think you glorify God in what you do, or as a farmer in my case? Maybe that question wasn't put to me in those exact words last Saturday, but it was said by a visitor to our home, and that was... uh, A question that was asked to me by somebody who was visiting our home for the first time. And it was only the second time that we had met him. And he was a research biochemist from Cambridge. That was a a deep question that takes some thinking about. And it's a rather humbling question. What do I think about that? What, What does God think about that now, Psalm fifty in verses fourteen and fifteen say, "Offer unto God thanksgiving and pay thy vows unto the Most High, and call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver thee, and thou shalt glorify me." So the Lord tells us there through the psalmist, and that's the Psalm of Asaph, to give thanks, to offer praise. Because the last verse of that psalm says, Whoso offereth praise glorifieth me, but to call upon him in the day of trouble, and in his deliverance we will glorify him. Most psalms are either cries for help or songs of thanksgiving. Psalm 69, there's a cry for help, it begins. Save me, O God, for the waters are come in unto my soul. I sink in deep mire. And by the time we get to verse 29, the psalmist says, I am weary of my crying. I am poor and sorrowful. But then in verse 30, I will praise the name of God with a song. And will magnify him with thanksgiving. As Christians living in this world, we need to know how to live as disciples amongst the people who, as God told Jonah in the last verse of, of Jonah, the book of prophecy of Jonah, the people of Nineveh, they couldn't discern their right hand and their left. And we live in a society that is in great confusion, not being able to discern between their right hand and their left. We live in a society where those that seem to shout the loudest, even though they might be in a minority, seem to have the ears of those that make the laws. We read in the book of of Judges, and it's the last verse again, In those days there was no king in Israel, and every man did that which was right in his own eyes. Well, that's a description of society today, isn't it? But the last verse of Judges is speaking about the Lord's people. It wasn't talking about the whole of humanity. Israel, God's chosen people. Every man did that which was right in his own eyes. Proverbs 3 verse 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not unto your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes, fear the Lord, and depart from evil. It shall be health to your body and strength to your bones." Again, the writer of Proverbs is writing to the people of God. Proverbs 3, verse 1, it is Proverbs, most of them were written by King Solomon and he's addressing his son. That was written when there was a king in Israel. Solomon, you remember, asked for wisdom from the Lord. When he was asked from the Lord, what gift did he require? What did he want? But God instructs through King Solomon there, the Lord's people, to lean not unto your own understanding, be not wise in your own eyes. Well, if Solomon was addressing his son, we were hearing about some weeks ago, or months ago, maybe from Richard, Talking about King Rehoboam, who was Solomon's son, that he didn't heed the wise advice that he was given, but that was in the purpose of God, in the plan of God, though we might not understand it. Now we come to our reading from Luke's Gospel, verse eighteen, or chapter eighteen, verses thirty-one to thirty-four. It says that Jesus took the disciples and said unto them. But he was going to go up to Jerusalem, behold, behold, I go to Jerusalem, behold, look and see. All things written in the prophet shall be fulfilled, he shall be delivered to the Gentiles, mocked, insulted, spat upon, scourged and put to death and on the third day rise again. But it says that the disciples, they understood none of these things and this saying was hid from them. Neither knew they the things which were spoken. The disciples didn't know. They didn't understand those things that Jesus was speaking to them about. My thoughts are not your thoughts, says the Lord. They didn't understand, they didn't know what Jesus was speaking to them about even though it wasn't the first time that he'd spoken to them about it, but it was hidden from their eyes. We need to be very careful that we hear what God is saying to us through his word, that we don't hear it, but not hear it. That's why we need the Holy Spirit, isn't it, to give us understanding that we would hear what God the Lord would say to us. John chapter 14, verse 26, but the comfort of the Holy Spirit, this is, Jesus speaking again to his disciples but the comfort of the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. Again Jesus speaking to his disciples in John 16 verses 12 to 14 I have yet many things to say to you but you cannot bear them now. Howbeit when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And he will show you things to come. He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine and show it unto you. We need the Holy Spirit to guide us into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself. He shall glorify me. That is Jesus. One hymn I was looking at for tonight. But we didn't choose it. But, um, or I didn't choose it. It was on my short list. <laughs> it was, May the mind of Christ my Saviour live in me from day to day. By his love and power controlling all I do and say. We need the help of the Holy Spirit to teach us the mind of Christ, to guide us into all truth, to live in society today as disciples, to be witnesses in society today, that we would reflect the love of Jesus as we seek the lost to win. It says in the last verse of that hymn, And we go over to Luke chapter 19 and the triumphal entry. I'm going to be saying a few things that are similar to what James was saying this morning. Led in in a similar vein. The whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice and praise God for the mighty works that they had seen. Saying, blessed be the king that cometh in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. I think in Luke's gospel it says blessed be the king it doesn't recount that in Matthew's gospel but blessed be the king that cometh in the name of the Lord did the disciples know what they were saying that some it says some not all of the Pharisees were not happy about that They said to Jesus, Master, rebuke your disciples. The truth was that, as James said this morning, the king had come. He was present with them, but they were blind in their understanding. They did not recognise him. As verse 41 says, that when Jesus came near to the city, he wept over it, saying, If thou hadst known even thou at least in this thy day. As James was saying this morning, that day had been prophesied, In the Old Testament, that's in Daniel chapter 9. The things which belong unto thy peace. The Prince of Peace, the King, was there. Jehovah Shalom. The Prince of Peace was riding into the city of peace. Jerusalem. If only they had known in this thy day the things which belong unto thy peace. But now are they hid from thy eyes, or thine eyes, I read from their understanding. In Matthew chapter 23, verse 37 to 39, Jesus again laments o, over Jerusalem. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that killest the prophets and stonest them which are sent unto thee, how often would I have gathered thy children together, even as a hen gathers her chickens under her wings and ye would not behold your house is left desolate for I say unto you ye shall not see me henceforth till ye shall say blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord now that's recorded in Matthew chapter 23 verses 37 to 39 but the triumphal entry into Jerusalem was recorded as we were hearing this morning in Matthew chapter 21 and the multitude did say or did cry out, did shout blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord Matthew 21 verse 9 the cleansing of the temple is recorded in Matthew 21 verse 12 so what is the re- reason for Jesus saying in Matthew 23 that they would not see him from henceforth until they would say, Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. When John was, or Jesus was speaking to his disciples, saying that he would show them things to come, is the reason for that, that the revelation would come to the Jews as king of the Jews at his second coming, the restoration of Jerusalem that the prophet Zechariah speaks of that we were hearing this morning and Zechariah 14.4 says that at the second coming, of the Messiah his feet shall stand in that day upon the Mount of Olives which is before Jerusalem on the east Jesus rode into Jerusalem from the Mount of Olives and it speaks about the second coming that he will return to Jerusalem from the Mount of Olives well that might seem a minor point it might seem a uh, maybe an academic point but the Pharisees were supposed to be experts in the laws we were hearing this morning. They, they missed it. They didn't see the first time. They were applying their own understanding and interpretation on the law, on the word of God. That they had lost the main point. They made so many rules that the people had to abide by so that they wouldn't break the law of God, they made rules that hedged about the law of God, the law that all people have broken, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, that they became self-righteous and did not recognise the Messiah promised by the prophets when he was present with them, the Messiah that would take away the sins of the world. The last verses of Luke 19 record Jesus striving out those that sold in the temple courts and the outer court that was to be the house of prayer and as it says in Mark's Gospel the house of prayer for all nations. But verse 47 records about the chief priests and the scribes and the leaders of the people sought to destroy him. We didn't read this evening the, the parable that Jesus told them about the, about the tenant, tenants in the vineyard. But we read about uh, at the end of, uh, of that um, parable that, that, that they, were, they perceived, they, they understood that he was speaking that parable about them. That they killed the prophets, and that they killed the son of the of the of the landowner, and so that the the vineyard would be given to others and not to those tenant farmers, they perceived that it was spoken against them, and so that made them even angrier, but they feared the people, so they didn't. destroyed Jesus at that time because it was not at the right time. Jesus came and died at just the right time. We don't understand that. They didn't understand. The high priest didn't understand what he was saying when it was that one man should die for all the people. They didn't understand So I've got the disciples that didn't understand, the Pharisees that didn't understand. Maybe the priests and the the scribes maybe did understand, but they didn't want to hear, didn't want to listen, didn't want to understand. But at the beginning of, uh, of chapter 20, so that as Jesus was teaching in the temple, he Taught in the temple, but he taught the people in the temple. But he said, and he preached the gospel. That the chief priests and the scribes and the chief of the people questioned his authority. They questioned his authority. They did not recognize the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world, as the John the Baptist had declared when he saw Jesus. So we had Jesus standing in the temple where sacrifices were made and Jesus was standing there, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world but they didn't understand. Sacrifices that were constantly made for sin in that temple would be superseded by a once and for all sacrifice made by the Lord Jesus himself on the cross just a few days later but Jesus questioned the chief priests and the scribes and the leaders of the people the baptism of John was it from heaven or of men was it from heaven or was it from men and it says they reasoned with themselves they reasoned amongst themselves they tried to work out well what should we say if we say from heaven, Jesus will say, why didn't you believe him? Jesus, John the Baptist was the forerunner of Jesus. And John declared of Jesus that he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. So the high priest said, well, we can't say that. So, but if we say of men... All the people will stone us. So they said they couldn't tell him. They didn't want to give an answer. But it's interesting that their first line of reasoning. If we say from heaven that Jesus would say, well, why didn't you believe him? We read in the first chapter of Luke's Gospel. Zacharias was in the temple. He was the father of John the Baptist. John the Baptist spoke of Jesus. I baptise you with water, but he will baptise you with the Holy Spirit. In Luke chapter 1. And verse 67, Zacharias prophesies of John's ministry, it says, or titled in my Bible. And his father, Zacharias, was filled with the Holy Ghost and prophesied, saying, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he hath visited and redeemed his people might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. And thou, child, shalt be called a prophet of the highest, for thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation unto his people by the remission of their sins, through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high hath visited us, to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. Zacharias speaking about John the Baptist when Zacharias was ministering in the temple when he was told that they would have a son, himself and Elizabeth. He was a priest serving in the temple of God when the angel came to give him that message. Well, that was some... Thirty plus years before, wasn't it? He certainly wasn't the chief priests, because the Holy Spirit had revealed to Zacharias, the priest that Jesus that John would be the forerunner of Jesus, who would bring mercy from God. To give light to them that sit in darkness, and in the shadow of death, to bring our feet, to guide our feet into the way of peace. Jerusalem, the city of peace. The chief priests did not recognise him. So there we have the disciples didn't understand. The Pharisees, most of them, didn't understand. The chief priests didn't understand, didn't want to understand. We think, well, why not? Well, it was in the purpose of God. My thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways, says the Lord. If they had understood and recognised Jesus at that time and proclaimed him king, it was in the purpose of God that he should be rejected to die for the people, to die for us, to die as that perfect Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Well, what about us? What about us? When Jesus was speaking to a group of the Pharisees that that were there, hearing Jesus speaking to to them and to the people. records in Matthew 22, verse 42. What think ye of Christ? Whose son is he? That question, what think ye of Christ? When I was speaking to the Pharisees, most people in the world reject Jesus. They don't understand what he came to do. Most of the Pharisees, Most of the elders and certainly the chief priests didn't understand that it was in the purpose of God. We need the Holy Spirit's help to understand what God's will is for ourselves. But what do we think of Jesus Christ? Well, one Pharisee who came to Jesus by night, or teacher of the law, Nicodemus, he acknowledged in verse 2 of John chapter 3. So there must have been others beside Nicodemus because Nicodemus said to Jesus, we know. So he wouldn't say, well, I know, but he said, we know. We know that thou art a teacher come from God for no man can do these miracles except God be with him. Well, we know that Jesus then said uh, to Nicodemus, You must be born again. And Nicodemus didn't understand. He didn't understand. Jesus said, Art thou a teacher of Israel? Nicodemus addressed Jesus as a teacher, but John, or Nicodemus rather, was a teacher, but a teacher who didn't know what God meant or what God's plan, what God was saying through the Lord Jesus to him. But he came to know. And as John 3, chapter 14 says, as Moses lifted up, his, uh, up the serpent in the wilderness even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. But that the world through him might be saved. Does that mean the whole world? Well, Jesus speaking to Nicodemus just those few verses before that that I read, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Whosoever believeth shall have everlasting life, not perish. And that's the message that we have to declare to the world, isn't it? In a few moments we're going to be singing a hymn by... Philip Paul Bliss, man of sorrows, what a name. He also wrote the children's hymn. I am so glad that our Father in heaven tells of his love in the book he has given. Wonderful things in the Bible I see. This is the dearest that Jesus loves me. Well a a child can understand that. And we need all to become as little children, don't we? We can become so wise in our own understanding like the Pharisees Lord, that we miss the plot, we miss the main point. I am so glad that Jesus loves me. Philip Bliss also wrote another hymn and I've printed it out. Whosoever heareth, shout, shout the sound. Spread the blessed tidings all the world around Tell the joyful news wherever man is found that whosoever will may come. Whosoever will, whosoever will, send the proclamation over vale and hill. Tis a loving father, calls the wanderer home. Whosoever will may come. Whosoever cometh need not delay. Now the door is open, enter while you may. Jesus is the true, the only living way. Whosoever will may come whosoever will the promise is secure whosoever will forever shall endure whosoever will tis life forevermore whosoever will may come whosoever will whosoever will send the proclamation over vale and hill tis a loving father calls the wanderer home whosoever will may come that's a glorious message isn't it to share and that's the duty and, uh, of Christians everywhere to share the gospel, that whosoever will may come. Amen.